Good morning. My name is Samuel Mock. I'm the director of Next Gen and Streaming Ministries here at College Hill Presbyterian Church. Uh, it's my honor to bring you all the word this morning. Allow me to pray, and then we will uh, dive into our scripture today. Father, just as we have saying, your name is holy. It's set apart. It's above all else. I ask that you would do that right now, Lord. Set your name apart in our hearts. Let us hear from you today. Let everything that worries us, let everything that we may have thought of before now drift away. Help us to focus on you and hear from you today, Lord, that we may be nourished and that you may be glorified. It's in your host in Christ Jesus' name and I pray. Amen. So we're in a series on prayer. Through this series, we hope to teach and remind the congregation that wherever you are, whenever you feel any kind of way or whatever is going on, you can pray to God. You can talk to him about it. This series is on different types of prayer. And today, uh, my type of prayer that I'll be talking about is prayers of thankfulness. When I was growing up, my grandma would regularly guide me to a passage. I think we have a photo of my grandma. Um, that's my grandma and my brother. She regularly guide me and my brother to this passage. She would say, read this passage. It's important. Psalm 23. She would say, you need to memorize this passage. It's important. If you know me, you know I don't like to read. I may be in the wrong profession. But she would continue to say this to me, and it was painful for me because I, I didn't like to read. I, I didn't want to read the word. And most of my prayers looked like prayers of thankfulness for what God was doing in my life. I didn't understand what I would come to know from David and what I would come to know from my grandma. See, because my prayers of thankfulness looked like as I sat down before my food, I would say, God is good. God is great. Thank you for this food. Amen. If I was really hungry and I forgot to pray, I would say, God is good. God is great. Thank you for that food I ate. Amen. And the other prayer was similar to that. It's, it was, gracious Lord, we're truly thankful for what we're about to receive. Let it nourish our bodies for Christ's sake. Amen. Those were my prayers of thankfulness growing up. Am I the only one whose prayers of thankfulness resemble thanking God for what he's given to you rather than who he is? God, thank you for this job. You know I needed it. My money was a little bit funny. But then you stepped in. You made a way where there was no way. God, thank you for my amazing wife. She's my ride or die, my Bonnie to my Clyde. And I couldn't imagine this life without her. God, thank you for... Fill in the blank for whatever it is the blessing is you last said thank you for. God welcomes our prayers of thankfulness. He likes when we thank him for blessing us. But only thanking God when he blesses us can lead to a, can lead to a transactional mindset. Prayer is meant to be relational. It's about spending time with God and strengthening your relationship with him. 
Prayer will not make God love you more. He already loves you as much as he ever could based on who he is. But it will make you love him more. As you begin to pray and are reminded of who God is and the love that he has for you, your heart is drawn closer to him. Prayer is simply spending time with God and talking to him, a God that loves you. But Samuel, if we're not talking about prayers of thankfulness and what God gives to us, what are we talking about? We're talking about prayers of thankfulness, not for what God gives, but for who he is. As I said before, our passage today is Psalm 23. And this passage holds a special place in my heart now. Uh, Let us read it. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. David opens the psalm with the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I like the way the NIV says it. It makes it plain. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. David is saying here that all he needs is met in the person of God. We must begin to thank God for who he is because everything we need is found in who he is. How would your prayer life change? How would it begin to grow if you thanked God regularly for not what he's given you, but who he is? Even though I didn't get the job, God, thank you. Thank you that you are my hope when I had no hope. God, I'm single and I want love. And even though there's no options right now, you are love and you've loved me perfectly. So thank you. God, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. But even still, you are my comforter. I find rest in you. It's important to note that David was a shepherd before being a king. He understood what it meant to be a shepherd who loves their sheep. They often, shepherds, would sleep outside to protect their sheep. They would leave the 99 for the one, as Jesus says in Matthew 18, 12. Jesus himself identifies as the good shepherd in John 10, 14. I tell you all this to say David was familiar with being a shepherd, which means he's familiar with what it means to look after sheep. Sheep are dumb, defenseless creatures, and David's personification of God as a shepherd makes himself and us sheep. I say this because David recognizes he is powerless and pray, P-R-E-Y, without God. Let's watch a video uh, that I found on Instagram this week of a shepherd and his sheep.
bottom of the screen says, when I swear I'll never do that again. And we can't see the shepherd's face, but I'm assuming this is not the first time. Uh, as we see, he starts off there. We may, we may not think of ourselves as sheep. And you may say, why is he so focused on the sheep and shepherd comparison? The answer is simple. David identifies as a sheep, meaning that he comes from a place of humility. He sets himself up for an attitude of gratitude. And thanking God for who he is starts with an attitude of gratitude. It's formed in humility. We must have a proper view of ourselves and God in order to truly rejoice in who God is. We, just like sheep, the sheep in the video, we crave what kills us. We call it sin. And just like the shepherd in the video again and again, God protects us and cares for us, even getting us out of situations that we've put ourselves in. That's the gospel. Our sin separated us from God, and Jesus Christ, being fully man and fully God, came down from heaven and lived the perfect life so that he could be the sacrifice to purify us from our sin. He did this to put us back in right relationship with God. That is why Jesus identifies as the good shepherd. The gospel is Jesus, who is the God, who is God the Son, personifying grace as God the Father personifies perfect justice. So God is worthy of our prayers of thanks, both for what he has done, but also for who he is. Earlier I mentioned that prayer is relational, but it's also spiritual formation. Prayer helps us to draw closer to God and to keep a kingdom mindset. I encourage you through the week to pray through Psalm 23 and see how the loving nature of God becomes more apparent to you. With that being said, let's turn back to our scripture. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in a path of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will, shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. David is writing these words not from a place of comfort, but from a place of need. Acknowledging how God cares for him, yes. But David says he's walking through the valley of the shadow of death and he's not afraid. This tells us that his presence of peace comes from his attitude of gratitude. See, because he's not comforted because his circumstances have changed, he's comforted because God is with him. He recognizes who God is. David has nothing to fear because he recognizes he'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Prayer draws our hearts closer to God and reminds us who God is. And when we remember God and who he is, there's no reason to fear. There's nothing greater than God. There's nothing greater than what he can handle. David does not fear because God is with him in the valley. What then shall we say 
to these things. If God is for us, who can stand against us? David doesn't fear because God is faithful. It'd be one thing if God was just with him, but God embodies faithfulness. And for that reason, David knows that he can count on him. See, God was faithful yesterday. He's faithful today, and he'll be faithful tomorrow. He'll never leave you nor forsake you because he embodies faithfulness. It's not a character attribute. It's who he is. So when you're troubled, thank God for how faithful he is, even before your circumstance changes, because you know that God is good and he cares for you. And saying that prayer of thankfulness will minister to your soul. A personal example of this is two years ago, during the height of COVID and isolation, I was wrestling with depression. As people who looked like me were being killed regularly, some of them without consequences, the devil began to tell me, nobody cares. You're alone. God doesn't care. If he did, he would change it. I was losing faith in humanity and fighting for faith in God. Similar to David's lament in Psalm 22, which Drew preached on last week, I encourage you to go back and watch that message if you haven't seen it. In Psalm 22, David is reconciling two things. He's reconciling his current situation and who he believes God to be. And as you see him wrestle with this back and forth, he ends his psalm in prayer or praise because it's faith one, because he remembered who God is, because God is not God is not determined by our circumstances. Instead, our circumstances de- determined by who God is. So in my sorrow and my mourning, God met me again and again as I prayed. And I would pray aloud because faith comes from hearing. I took the little faith that I had and mustered these words. Thank you, God, that you love me and you have loved me when I feel unloved. Thank you, God, that you are faithful even when I feel my faith is fading. When I prayed those prayers out loud, my faith began to rise. Because, see, your enemy, he wages war in your head. The devil has lost its ability to speak to us since the garden. And so when we speak vocally, we're fighting on the war front that he can't fight on. My faith was renewed as I remembered who Christ was. And Christ was glorified in that act of prayer. The devil says, or the Bible says the devil prowls around like a lion looking for someone to devour. But the devil is only imitating the true lion of Judah, the prince of peace, and his name is Jesus. So when I'm losing faith, I look to God so my faith can be restored. I pray aloud so that I may hear the words that my heart knows. And I tell myself who God is so that I can be reminded. I have to be honest with you, though. During COVID and that time, I wasn't always faithful. God's faithful when we're not faithful. So I prayed to God sometimes. And sometimes I leaned into Netflix and and, uh, milkshakes, burgers, hot dogs, whatever the fast food of my choice was. 
That's how I gained my fresh, my COVID-15. And I know I'm not the only one who gained the COVID-15. We're still fighting that today. That's why many of us had New Year's resolutions. Yet again and again, God met me in my faithfulness each and every time that I prayed. And when I didn't, he still met me. He ministered to my soul when I was brokenhearted and isolated. He reminded me of the truth of who he is and how much I am loved. Uh, the president of our denomination of ECO, Keon Abner, posted something on Facebook this week and it struck me, so I had to share it with you guys. He says, random unsolicited advice. Next time you feel anxious, consider singing a verse and a chorus of a hymn you know. Out loud. Notice, out loud. So you hear it. I struggle with tremendous amounts of anxiety and I'm away from my family and lots of thoughts are swirling around in my head. As I sing, when peace like a river, these words are like prayers, like prayers. And the melody can literally soothe your soul in a very tangible way. It's like feeling the pain meds start to kick in. Psalms are songs. And whether we praise through them or pray through them, they will attend to our soul. The song that Keon sang, It Is Well With My Soul, has a history behind it. It was written by a man named Horatio Spafford, who lost his children in shipwreck. His wife sent a now famous telegram to him, with the first words being, saved alone. I'm sure he focused on those words, probably read them a hundred times, saved alone, because he would have thought his kids were going to be with her when she got to where she was going. But yet, instead, it's saved alone. I bet as he read them, pain took him over. I'm sure he wept and fixated on those words, saved alone. I believe this because as you sing the hymn, he wrote as a response to losing his children, we can see that his focus was on Christ. Spafford realized that if he had nothing else, in the valley of the shadow of death, even if he, everything he had was taken from him and he died alone, he had put his faith in Jesus. When nothing else seemed right, he knew one thing was for sure. God is faithful and Spafford would be saved even if he died alone. Allow me to read the hymn and let it wash over you. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when, sore, when sores like saw billows roam, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well with my soul. Though Satan should buffet, though trials should come, let this blessed assurance control that Christ has regarded my hopeless estate and has shed his blood for my soul. My sin, oh, the bliss of this glorious thought. My sin, not in part, but the whole, is nailed to the cross and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, oh, my soul. And the Lord hastes the day when my faith shall be sight, the clouds be rolled back as a scroll. 
the trumpets resound, and the Lord shall descend. Even so, it is well with my soul. It is well. It is well with my soul. Both David and Spafford realized that if they should lose all that they had, if death should come for them, they still had everything they needed in God. Jesus is all we need. Our needs are met in him. So when you thank God, thank him for who he is, not only for what he's done. David both thanks God for who he is and what he's done. But David remembers that what God does is a response of who God is. God cares for us like a shepherd because he loves us. And because he is love. First John 4, 8 tells us that. David's not worried when he's in the valley of the shadow of death because God is with him. God is faithful and he can be trusted. Hebrews 13, 5 through 6 says, God will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say that the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? And if you need a reminder of God, and if you need a reminder of God being grace, you only need to look to Jesus on that cross and his resurrection. The one who bore our sins, that we may enter relationship with God. For some of us today, that's the first step in the journey, is surrendering to Jesus Christ. And if that's you today, we would love to pray with you at the end of the service. We have people stand on the edges of the stage, and I would be happy to pray with you myself. For others of us, the step of faith that we need to take today is growing in our relationship of prayer with God. Letting prayer not only be relational, but also spiritual formation for our lives. Begin thanking God for who he is and praise him for who he always will be. And you will witness how God's glory will shape your heart and your confidence in him. Allow me to close this in prayer.